Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. Now look, Doc, we're buddies, okay? But don't try to convert me. I'm trying to prepare you. Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Ultimately, we seek answers to three questions. Does the remake do justice to the original? And if you just watch the remake, do you get a good sense of why the original was successful or not successful and thus remade? But most of all, which movie to watch, the original or the remake? Hello to our many fans. Yes, uh, we have at least two, uh, you and I. And Are you sure about no, that? <laughs> I, well, it's pretty I, I guess, early here, I, and for yeah. you as well. It's very early, so I don't know if we're fans of the, the show today. Uh, uh, I'm at least a fan enough to wake up early to record this show. <laughs> you're a fan of the process. You're, you're yeah. dedicated to the job. This is true. Um, I am a fan of my, my, my co-host. Um <laughs> For those that are joining in for the very first time, uh, Mike and I, we review the uh, movies that have remakes. Um, don't quite have a process yet how we choose the movies. Um, I don't know. I guess we kind of just see if anything's coming out. and um, Or recently, you know, um, we, we've kind of already talked about the first episode, but the um, uh, Poltergeist uh the time of this recording, Poltergeist had already came out, um, and we chose that just because that was also a new release. So uh, I, I think after this one, we'll probably go back and go into some of the uh, the bigger remakes where people kind of questioned, well, you know, did this you know really need a remake? But mm-hmm. Hollywood always thinks it does. Um, yeah, right now we're just in kind of still in that haunted house mode, just kind of following up on Poltergeist. So. Uh, we'll, we'll leave the haunted house for the next episode. I hope so. I'm starting to um, lose sleep at night because uh, <laughs> <laughs> of all the uh, the creepiness in these movies. An evil old house, the kind some people call haunted, is like an undiscovered country waiting to be explored. Hill House had stood for 90 years and might stand for 90 more. Silence lay steadily against the wood and stone of Hill House. And whatever walked there, walked alone. Um, but uh, the first movie um, is, well, they're both called The Haunting. So the, the name has not been changed. Uh, only the names to protect the innocent. But the um, 1963 version, it is directed by... Um, Robert Weiss, and looks like it's written by Nelson Gidding, starring uh, Julie Harris, Claire Bloom, Richard Johnson, and Russ Tamlin. Mike, did you know any of the uh, any of those actors? I uh, I did not. Um... Russ Tamlin, the name rung a bell <laughs> for me, um, and uh, I actually looked him up. He he was one of the um, the uh, West Side Story. He was uh, oh, okay. the gang leader of the Jets. And uh, I knew him later in his career. Uh, he was uh, Dr. Jacoby in Twin Peaks. Okay. Okay. And he also ha- was in at least one episode of Quantum Leap. Uh, so that's actually where I recognized him um, from because that show, I you know, know like the back of my hand. 
I didn't know the Twin Peaks love was there for you, Peter, but I should have expected it, you being like a Northwest boy, so I figure that's, yeah. that's in your neck of woods. <laughs> that's the only reason I watched it. <laughs> no, uh, someone recommended it to me, and uh, I, you know, that very first episode uh, I watched, and I'm just like, this is a really kooky show, and, you know, I g- gave it a few episodes and uh, ended up really enjoying it, um, and uh, looking forward to its uh, its return later on. Um, but this, uh, it's, it's about a... Uh, the haunting, anyway. It's about a, uh, a scientist who is uh, studying uh, the paranormal, and he in, um, in invites some test subjects, I suppose. You know, to to go stay in the house for a few days. I don't know if um, they mentioned you know how long they were planning to stay there, but a couple um, events happen, creepy things. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. Did you find it a little unclear as far as the uh, the subjects? Because in the old version, it's just the uh, the young man, right? That is the heir to the uh, I guess the property. Like he he has family relations to it, and they they explain that. Yeah, the the uh, Luke Sanderson. Um, he he's the he's the son of. Well, I think she's just called Mrs. Sanderson, who's. Uh, she inherited the 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 mansion i guess mm-hmm. we'll call it um i thought it was a little weird that that she made dr markway you know uh take take him along <laughs> you mm-hmm. know uh and given no reason but yeah it was it was kind of unclear i i guess i can get into this now but i saw the uh the remake first Okay. And I watched it that way only because I had only seen um I I've, I've only seen the remake and I only saw that actually when it came out so I haven't seen it since then. Uh so I kind of I I guess what I knew from the the remake I kind of filled in the holes I guess. Mm. But I, I I read up a, a little bit about the the original and I guess it it kind of got flagged for like it's incoherent uh mm-hmm. plot. So I, I think that's where you were going with that. Right. But right. Well, because yeah, the, uh, the 1999 version, uh, which is, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, I'm sure, uh, directed by Jan, Jan. de Bont, um, who I guess for me most famously did uh, Speed, uh, did uh, this film. And it was originally originally supposed to be a production between Stephen King and Steven Spielberg, which would have been... I don't know if the quality would have been better. I, I assume it would have. It's definitely much bigger stars as far as the writer and director. Uh, but that fell through. And in this version, that's the reason I brought this up, is they make it very clear from the start that it is um, the doctor, played by Liam Neeson here, puts out a call for insomniacs, people who have trouble sleeping. And so you get a clear idea, if you had not seen the original film, uh, and maybe even if you had, uh, why these people are going to sign up for this experiment. Uh, but like the other one, you have the uh, same character names. Uh, you have Theo, played by Catherine Zeta-Jones here, who is uh, uh, some sort of like psychic. Or she just is really good at reading people. She seems to know things that she shouldn't know. Um, the Luke Sanderson that we mentioned and the other one here is played by Owen Wilson. He does not have the uh, family connection in this version um i think he's pretty much just supposed to be comic relief uh he is the true insomniac here uh and then there is nell played by uh 
Lily Taylor, and she, like the original version, will be the uh, central figure. She's the one that the the ghosts and the the supernatural seem to gravitate towards. Now, I I don't know if I missed it, but uh, Theo's character, the uh, Captain Zeta Jones, w- was it clear in the remake that she had those, um, I don't know, psychic powers or anything of that nature? I didn't feel like it was um, as dominant as it is in the original. It did seem okay. like she was just really good at sort of uh, getting people's heads, almost like a poker player. You know, like she just seemed to be able to not mess with people like she was extremely cruel, but she seemed to have everybody's number. She seemed to be able to take stock of people uh, very quickly. So I don't know if they're just alluding to the original where that seemed to be much more supernatural. It seemed like she had powers in the original, and I don't know if that comes across in the sequel or the uh, remake. Yeah, the only thing I really got from her character is they were a little bit more clear on her sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she mentions boyfriend and girlfriend, so we're you know to assume that she's um, bisexual in the remake, and it's kind of just implied um, in the in the original version. Uh, well, in the original version, it is implied that she's uh, at least a lesbian, mm-hmm. uh, which I think that that's kind of um, known for too. Uh, it's extremely uh, progressive for the time period it came out. It's just uh, which uh, apparently that was in the the novel, it was in the source material. But uh, right. normally films that time would have shied away from that. So yet it is, uh, which that's you know uh, you brought up the the incoherence of the original. It, it is a weird movie. It, it is strange, and especially knowing the you know time period that it came out in, it is much stranger stylistically than the 1999 version which to me is you know a pretty standard kind of haunted house movie yeah i got a little influences of hitchcock for sure you know there is you know bits and pieces in the beginning that kind of reminded me of psycho i mean even down to the narration by nell Mm -hmm. you know in the original Did, did that seem to bother you at all the um how we heard what you know her thoughts throughout the movie no, it was something I, I really liked because it it just made me more tense. Like, you know, she's, I mean, of all the characters, she's our main character. She's the one we spend most of the screen time with. And for her to always be on edge and seem like she's about to, to lose it or has already lost it, I uh, I found that to be scarier than the 1999 version, which... Um, I, didn't, I, I think they tried to play with that with Lily Taylor's version that she was a woman on the edge. But when you start to add in, <coughs> excuse me, when you start to add in all the um, the CGI and the the house actually showing itself, you don't feel that she's actually crazy. Whereas in the 1963 version, we don't really ever see anything. We hear stuff, and they kind of play with the shadows just to make things look more imposing and haunted. So there's the illusion of stuff moving, but you know the 1999 version, they just go all out with some pretty dated CGI at this point. Yeah, it really got the uh, the George Lucas treatment. <laughs> it came out the same year as Phantom Menace, too. I I didn't remember it being that CGI heavy, and it really bothered me. It just it was just oversaturated with CGI, mm-hmm. uh, if if that's the right phrasing of it, but. The original, I was uh, extremely surprised by the um, in 
for lack of a better word, kind of the lack of tricks. Mm-hmm. You know, as you said, they they play with the shadows and stuff like that. And um, one of my favorite things from the the original was that. Uh, uh, there was a knock at the door, and then you see the door bending mm-hmm. outwards. You know yeah. that, that was really cool too. Uh, so I, I liked that, and it 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 was really it was actually pretty scary. You know, for for being a 1963 movie, I was uh, really surprised, and I didn't know that it was kind of revered as one of the um, you know like it would be. I think Scorsese put it in his top top five or something like that. It was really high up on his list. Um, so I, I'd never seen the original. This was my first time viewing it. And, um, I didn't get to watch this all in one sitting. Um, I just didn't have the time, but Mm -hmm. I did finish up, uh, the last half hour yesterday during dinner, um, (laughs) on, on, on my phone with, uh, earbuds in, um, you know, I got the okay from the wife. So, uh, tell her it was for the podcast and, and I was watching and then the last half hour if you know it that's where all the scary stuff happened mm-hmm. so i would sit there and i'd actually have a re, uh, audible reaction and she looked over i go she, she's like well, well what happened i go oh, you, you don't want to know because <laughs> she's not into the scary stuff you know she like um there's this new show coming out called whispers and i don't know if you've seen any of the trailers mm-hmm. but she she's caught whiff of it and every time it comes on she always asks me to either change it or she'll plug her ears and you know go la 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 or something she she really doesn't want to hear that stuff because she she gets frightened easily um but yeah the last half hour it it really it really creeped me out and uh that's also where mrs markway who um there is no uh remake person remake character of her um Mm -hmm. that that was kind of interesting do we want to talk about the characters a little bit and kind of their differences yeah, yeah, that's because uh, that's um, I, I had one note down which uh, I didn't put on our little outline here, which is the 1999 version adds characters. They add two more that come to the house to right. really no benefit. They, um, I guess, they're basically like almost like red shirts, except in, or you know, are you familiar with the uh, like the red shirt like you know terminology? I guess just in Star Trek, From Star Trek, yeah. yeah. Um, and I assume she, so, she, she left the house with a red eye. Yeah, like <laughs> so it's a little tame. I guess it's fitting with the PG thirteen you know nature of the film. I assume they were going to be like killed off, but instead they're just that one woman is maimed, and I guess the other guy just decides to get out while the while he is not, while he still has both eyes. But um, yeah, it's interesting that they add two kind of nothing parts just to have something bad happen to and. Uh, I'll, I'll toss it back to you, but yeah, clearly the 1963 version brings in the wife of the sort of doctor in charge of this. And, uh, from a plot perspective that has way more impacts. Uh, so it's kind of interesting that that part was deleted in the, uh, 1999 version. Yeah. They didn't even have anyone that was anything like her just because, uh, the, the two big differences, as you already mentioned, the, um, I think it was uh, um, Liam Neeson, Dr. Morrow's, his assistants, right, that, mm-hmm. that were there. I, the only thing I got out of that scene, and that's early on, too, um, when they get to the house, it was to kind of show that, I guess, Nell looked at the piano, and um, it, it appears that someone, had, you know, that, that it wasn't an accident, as they mm-hmm. thought, that that it, it, it looked like somebody had wound the, the cord too tight in the in the grand piano. Right. Um and uh the 
Let me see. In the in the original, we have. Um, I I keep wanting to call him something else, but it's Luke. Uh, I, oh, it, it's because Owen Wilson plays Luke in there mm-hmm. is what it is. That's that's what's throwing me off because I think um, when I was watching it, I go, oh, he 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 gets to use his own name, but it, but he didn't. <laughs> I was thinking of the brother. I was thinking about the brother, but <laughs> yeah. I, I I knew who you know I was looking at, but I just you know um, got the names wrong for a second. But the the um, the original Luke, yeah, I just thought that was interesting how they changed. Um, I guess there's really no relevance in, in the remake it, to make him like a um, uh, the the person who inherited the mansion. What's the word? Inheritee, I guess. Is that is that a thing? You don't know. He's gonna be the the, the last guy in the line. Which that's something actually. Now I think about it. Uh, do you think that's the reason in the 1963 version that the current I guess owner of the property wants to send like her like next of kin or descendant to go there like do you, is it is it creepy like in the sense that does she think that something will happen to him and like that the family will like finally go out of their bloodline like out of their hmm you know i never thought about that but if they played that up i think that would have been really interesting mm-hmm. you know um the the original had a lot of great ideas and you know i i think maybe it's just a product product of its time that some of it wasn't conveyed very well mm-hmm um whereas the the remake i just felt like they i don't know it's i don't want to blame it on the actor or the or or the writer but the writing does kind of suck <laughs> you know <laughs> there's really no other way to put it uh the writer who um uh, his name is david self he wrote road to perdition which i thought that was fine uh mm-hmm. 13 days i kind of enjoyed um, you see the Wolfman. I barely remember that movie. So he doesn't have like a lot of great movies under his belt, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just some of the dialogue, it, it was kind of weird. I, I did catch one line that was said by um, the bo- uh, both of the Luke characters. Um, said it at different times, but it is the same line. But uh, Owen Wilson, um, he's uh, when they're in the house and they're kind of being. That uh, they're seeing all the the supernatural things happening, he's like, you know, let's burn this house down. And his delivery, you know, was bad. <laughs> the line I felt was just bad. And then I saw it uh, in the in the original, where it's actually kind of set at the end. And I think it was more effective uh, in, in in the original because it's set at the end. They're outside of the house, and the movie's almost over. And um, Luke Wilson, uh, played by Russ Hamlin, he kind of just looks at the house and just kind of casually says it. Yeah, you know, we, we should burn this down. And mm-hmm. there was another line after that, but I just I just caught it that way. And, I, and it was kind of just interesting how um, I I like to think that that was, a you know, supposed to be kind of a nod, right, to the original for having that same line. I mean, let's burn the house down. It's the same character that says it. Yeah, there's, but, uh, there's another instance of that where um, the caretaker – uh, lady, one of the one half of the couple comes in and introduces the Eleanor character, uh, basically to the estate and is like showing her to her room and has this the red room. You're going to be the first visitors that Hill House has had since Mr. Crane died. Really? 
I don't stay after dinner, not after it begins to get dark. I leave before dark comes. We live in town, nine miles, so there won't be anyone around if you need help. We couldn't even hear you in the night. Why would we? No one could. No one lives any nearer than town. No one will come any nearer than that in the night, in the dark. It's kind of hammy, even in both versions. It's like a it's like a story that you know your parents or grandparents or somebody, or maybe even like an older brother or sister would tell you, trying to scare you as a kid. Like they're trying to set up like this kind of creepy vibe, and it's like you know no one will hear you scream, no one lives close to this house for miles, you know no one will come near it. And uh, in both versions, they have the Eleanor character kind of make fun of that person when she, the caretaker, is next trying to. Um, you know, set it up again to um, the CEO character, yeah. And I actually liked how it was played there because it felt like they were kind of sticking to how they did it in the original, and it made sense. But I think you're right as far as the delivery of burning the house down. And maybe it's just Owen Wilson being miscast because I said that earlier (laughs) – He's. I, I read it like he's supposed to be the comedic relief, but it's not like he's given a ton of funny material to work with. Like he's basically just supposed to like react to crazy things going on. And yeah, when you have him at the very end, I guess being the most aggressive one, like physically right. trying to fight the house, it comes off as silly when it shouldn't. And I, th- I think you're absolutely right. In the 1963 version, it just comes off as like a natural reaction, like. Yeah, maybe we should just burn it down. Maybe that's the only way to like save ourselves. So probably not the best role for Owen Wilson at this particular time in his career. Yeah, I've never really been a big fan of him. I mean, I think the only thing I've liked him in was um, Midnight in Paris. <laughs> you know, like all He's his really other. Good. Yeah, I I really like that movie, but um, all the other movies he's in, I I I enjoy them. I just don't like him. Uh, I just I, I don't he plays the same character in every movie and <laughs> that's why I, I kind of liked uh, uh, him in Midnight in Paris because he was a little bit different mm-hmm. and uh, you know when I was um, thinking about this last night I was like well m- maybe he he's just better at the, the serious roles but I don't think that to be true because he was um, he's been in some serious uh, he's had serious roles too where I don't know I just don't I think it's his voice or something you know I just I don't like his voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It, well, more specifically, I think it's just the way he talks, and then I think his voice doesn't doesn't help. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Shanghai Nights and Shanghai Noon. I mean, those aren't great movies, but it's just the way he plays his characters, you know. And it's kind of evident in this one too. I uh, didn't really care for him. Did you like the uh, the Catherine Zeta Jones casting for Theodora? I thought she was fine. She's that that character in both versions is um, kind of a seductress, I guess. You know, it's someone that is very confident, and then we're supposed to. It's supposed to make it scarier when you see this like confident, a very forward woman sort of mm-hmm. you know have to react to things and freak out, and she she gets to where she's no longer trying to make fun of or pull one over on people and kind of be kind of smirky. And she's like genuinely terrified and reaching out to Eleanor basically for comfort. Um, so yeah, I thought it was, it was fine with Catherine Zay Jones because she can definitely play a seductress type character, like in her sleep. 
Um, did I think that she was especially good? Not necessarily. Uh, but I also think that, you know, that's just, that's my thoughts on the movie in general, as far as the remake. Um, cause uh, unlike you, I had, I had stayed away from it. Like, and I'd stayed away from both versions because I'd read that the 1999 version was really bad. And mm. then for whatever reason, I just never got around to watching the original. So for, for this watch, I, I did a pure double feature. I went original remake one after the other, like two back to back movies. Mm. I can't say it helped. Uh, it probably would have been better if I'd watched them like you and at least like watch the 1999 version with some distance from the original because it sort of, it just made those small differences in tone way more extreme. And I, I reacted much more negatively to the CGI, uh, in this because, uh, as you said earlier, I got to see the really cool practical tricks they did in the 1963 version. And then to jump immediately to 1999, and having Owen Wilson fight with like a, a flying carpet, like it just, yeah, I just did not care for it. Yeah, um, Liam Neeson. I was just thinking, how much cooler would this uh, remake have been had it been called Taken: The Haunting? You know, <laughs> like, was, there's was, still time. There's still time. <laughs> I, I suppose there is. Um, it, it's just he he didn't. I don't know. He didn't have a lot to do, but uh, in '99, I think this might have been like the third thing I've seen him in. At the time, because you know his career, it it wasn't where it is now. You know where he's in every you know straight to DVD uh, action movie. <laughs> but um, I, let me see. The first one I saw him in was also in a haunted. Uh, it was a haunted hotel, but it was uh, High Spirits. Did I'm you not, ever see that one? Yeah, I'm not uh, familiar Steve, with that Steve Gutenberg. Oh um, no, Darren Hannah. Okay, yeah, he he plays a, a ghost in that one. Uh, and, you know, it's a comedy, obviously, Steve Gutenberg. Uh, and then the, the second movie I saw him in, pretty sure it was the second movie, um, was a, another movie that featured a character named Nell, you know, Jodie Foster. So and that's all I really knew him for. Um, but then going back and watching this, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Liam Neeson's in this one, playing the doctor. All right. So I, I kind of, anytime he was on the screen, I was watching him. And he didn't have, like, a lot of good lines or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one scene that was kind of funny where him and um, Owen Wilson's character kind of pass each other and uh, they kind of bump each other and, 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 and find one another. And then uh, so they're coming from different directions and um, Owen Wilson is like, oh, what's down this way? And he's like, oh, yeah, just it's another hallway. <laughs> is it nice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so it, that was it. Um, and And then the other scene that... I was kind of like, well, I, I don't know if this is probably just the misdirection, but when he was in the conservatory, is that mm-hmm. the name of the room? So he's in there, and then there's this uh, giant statue that looks like it was taken from uh, Batman Forever. Uh, just <laughs> Very well could have been. <laughs> laying in the pool. It was really weird. Um, a lot of the statues were really, really weird. But uh, the statue, you know, comes to life and, you know, pulls him into the water. And his reaction was just kind of like, it wasn't like not again, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, that just happened. It was mm-hmm. just kind of all casual, like, all right, I, I think that's enough. <laughs> so, right. I don't know. I the, the the remake just had a lot of things that made me, uh, I, did, I didn't just, I just didn't remember it being that bad. And, you know, <laughs> granted, I was... 99 to see so i was what 16 mm-hmm. we were 16 i think uh, and i was working at the movie theaters at that time so you know i saw it for free but 
definitely, you know, watching it um, this time around with a you know older eyes, it it, it was just it was bad. Well, some of the uh, you know touch on the Liam Neeson version of this character, uh, it was one of the biggest differences between even how they set up the movie. Uh, and I really preferred the 1963 version, which I guess you could call it just, you know, a shortcut. They just start off with a, like a montage of horror and it's like, here, are the terrible things that have happened at this house and you have uh, a voiceover kind of, you know, talking, uh, over this, these scenes of, uh, a caretaker, uh, hanging herself. And then the person before her, uh, was the child who inherited the place who never left her room. Like basically like her childhood nursery. She sort of stayed, she was just bedridden and needed like constant attention and help from the caretaker. And she, uh, the one time the caretaker, I guess is having a romantic interlude. She, she passes away in uh, kind of an obscure way, you know, going back to the, the 1963 version being somewhat confusing and not giving you the whole story at times, which I think in this case is fine. It's just, you just know she dies. It's probably the house's fault. Um, and then even just the actual origin of the house is, uh, they just say it was, you know, it was born bad just because it seems like it's pretty random. Like the house is built and before even something bad happens there, uh, the woman that it was built for, uh, the horses uh, rear up, and the carriage she's in, it like she she dies because it topples like on top of her, and she's you know gravely wounded. Uh, I mean, it's it's very brief and doesn't they don't actually give you I guess like a clear origin story as far as why the house is haunted, but I just like it. It's just it just is, and then we just we're kind of off the races. But <laughs> the 1999 version. They have Liam Neeson and I believe Owen Wilson at times tell other characters like, hey, do you know this is what happened here? And I just felt that was just really boring. Like the way you do it, especially, and maybe that's just my viewing experience of watching them back to back. But like when Neeson is like sitting by the fireplace and is like, let me tell you about all the terrible things that have happened in this house, all the rumors. I just found it a really dull way to do it, especially when the 63 version does it so quickly. And it's just like right out of the gate. Yeah, I was really surprised to to see that, and it's funny because it, um, it was kind of they're they're almost like a companion piece for one another, mm-hmm. you know. Like you, you see stuff that happened in the remake, and then you go and watch the original, and you're like, oh, that's that's kind of the story behind that. Uh, what I'm kind of pointing to specifically was the the the. Was it the second wife that? No, no. Well, the second wife fell down the stairs in the original. Mm-hmm. Who was the one that hung herself? Because I know their their roles were That's different. That's the. Uh, I believe that was the caretaker. That was like okay, the, in, yeah. In in the remake, that was the second wife, wasn't it? That hung herself. I think I, so, I think, but we, we don't actually see any of that switch, stuff. Right. They um, Nell only sees like a vision of. Mm-hmm. Of a woman being hung, I I think that was Carolyn that that was that hung herself. Um, so they kind of switched that a little bit. They they keep the you know someone hanging themselves over at the top of the stairs, um, and that's another thing too. I wonder like with this uh, for for viewing, I'll, I'll say that for later on. Um, uh, I don't I don't want to jump around too much, but. 
Yeah, I, I do. I do like the op- I prefer the opening of the original um, more as opposed to the, the remake. Is it, because it, it's kind of it, like like you said, it, the the original opens up with with the exposition right there. You know, it, it kind of already kind of tells you the the history of the house, uh, which was really interesting because it's it shows us an actual history, you know, whereas the, the remake, they only tell us just kind of the one story about Crane and, and the wife and then mm-hmm. the second wife. And that's basically it. But the original, you go through like a couple generations, you got this daughter that grew up to be an old woman, uh, you know, with the cane and that, that explains all the, the thumping noises. And then the, the remake, it's, it's Nell, you know, who's, who's mom, she took care of for was it eleven years or something, mm-hmm. you know, and so they so they changed that up and that was interesting. I'm not exactly sure sure why. Um, maybe to maybe to make it more, I don't know. Okay, so that scene with the um, Nell Welcome Home or whatever it was written mm-hmm. on the wall. That I think the remake kind of tie connects that a little bit better what do you think well i think in the uh the original it's playing under the uh the audience's maybe assumptions that we're getting uh that we're or that we're making that this woman is not mentally stable that she is going crazy or is already crazy and maybe that's why she was like recruited to come here uh because i i felt like the welcome home was like kind of commenting on the on her her mind at that point that she sort of belonged with the former occupants who seemed to at least have gone crazy at some point. I mean, you had a woman who from childhood on decided to never leave her bed or room, and then you had her caretaker just you know for whatever reason just randomly kill herself after having a seemingly normal life. Um, in the Okay, that, that's getting into the, the origin there. You know, I, as I said in the 1963, what I liked about it was they just said it was born bad. And 1999, what you're kind of alluding to is they actually used that welcome home to set up, I guess, the origin, which in the 1999 version, Nell has to investigate and find out what it means, find out why, you know, the house is on and what is, you know, what's causing all this and. Um, is that something, did, did you like that they filled in the blanks there, that they actually made the, the house, they gave it sort of a villain, like one, you know, particular person who's like kind of, I guess, controlling the hauntings. He was like the evil spirit there. No, I kind of prefer the original better, <laughs> you know, I, it, cause that's just more mystique. Um, you know, cause it, it is, is now going crazy. Um, I, not for, not once did I ever for either movies, not once did I ever think uh, anything was done by the other, you know, occupants there. Right, right. Um, but just yeah, it, it's never explained. You know, it was a haunted, um, you know, grave site where the house was built. They, they they don't mention any of that, so you don't know what's going on. But to pinpoint everything on Crane in the remake, it's like okay, well, all this is done by Crane, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the the scene where they. Um, in the in the remake where they find Welcome Home Nell, um, everyone kind of pointing the finger at one another. That was like the most unbelievable acting I've ever seen. It very unconvincing. Like, oh, well, how do we know it's not you? And I don't know it. I don't know with 
I don't want to um, uh, kind of knock on the actors, but with better actors, I don't know if this could have been any better. I, I just think it was just bad writing. Um, it's hard to uh, it's hard to play. Yeah, you, you mentioned George Lucas earlier in reference to the special effects, and boy, Liam Neeson was having a rough year in 1999, coming off the Phantom Menace that same summer oh, into right. The Haunting. Um, but you know, Harrison Ford once famously said to George Lucas when Lucas was unhappy with his performance and how he was delivering uh, a particular line was, uh, George, you can sure write this shit, but you can't say it. And it was like, you know, that's just, if you give actors like, uh, you know, really terrible material, it's in the end, it's just, you know, it's just a shitty line. It's just like a, a terrible scenario and it's not grounded in any sort of reality that any audience member is going to buy into. And, you know, furthermore, going into that, like, we already know that there's weird stuff going on in the house. The characters already know there's weird stuff going on in the house. We don't need to have this really long sort of terrible scene where they each try to like accuse the other one because there's already been crazy stuff going on. Like this is just one more crazy thing. And I think it's even the Luke character. that's like, uh, yeah, I just, you know, went and grabbed like a 20 foot ladder and spent all night, like, you know, painting this all over these walls. Like, yeah, that's just not going to happen. So it's just like, you just want the movie to move on. And I, I think that's the biggest issue with the 1999 version is it just needs to move along and what it what it moves along to it answers questions i didn't even i didn't even have those questions like i didn't really need to figure out why they were like kids voices uh i didn't need to figure out like you know that crane was a, a child serial killer like his what his wife like did they they lose a child or they were unable to have children and he started taking it out on like the children around the town. Yeah, that's what I got from that. That every every natural birth they had, the the, the child kept on dying, which was you know sounds like almost a good idea, but they don't really play that up. Mm-hmm. And I guess what he did instead was kept on bringing kids from the um, something mill uh, mm-hmm. from the mill. I guess uh, yeah, he, he brought kids over, and I guess he killed them and then buried them in the fireplace so that's that's uh a difference there you know uh in the remake that there is no significant fireplace scene or anything like that um but there is a staircase scene and i think in the original it was a lot more climactic you know is is that right because it's kind of towards the end and it it seems seems kind of do you do you think that seemed to be pivotal uh, at all because yeah. this well it's pivotal because in the original they've set up the nail character to at least you know from my point of view because we don't have all that cgi junk where mm-hmm. we see you know the house have eyes and you know windows just shatter like back at her when she throws something through like a glass window the glass like reforms and then starts like attacking her um yeah. we don't see any of that nonsense so you can kind of let yourself believe, hey, maybe this is all in her head. Like maybe, you know, other people are hearing weird stuff too. But the extent to which she's hearing it is just kind of reflective of her mental state. And so when she goes up and what you're talking about, it being pivotal, I, you know, I didn't know. I'm like, is she going to jump? Like, is she, you know, is she in that sort of crazy state where she truly believes this is what she's supposed to do? And the uh, in the 1999 version, they try to like have their that bit of cake, and then I guess you know eat it too by uh, having her 
sometimes to be crazy, but most of the time she's like a little CSI investigator. She's like, you know, on the, on the case. And so it didn't make much, it didn't make as much sense to me that she would be up there and there was no sense of danger that she was going to like throw herself off. So I, I didn't, and especially when you add in all the, the CGI where you actually see like the screws coming out of the staircase where it's like the movie makes very clear. Hey, these are like, you know, this is a spirit doing this to Liam Neeson. Um, I, I just didn't, I, I didn't care for it. It was like way too on the nose. And I also didn't feel that sense of danger for the nail character. Like I did in the original. Yeah. And you know, we kind of mentioned it earlier is, is just the remake just showed too much, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't really leave the audience member, to really think and um, and uh, imagine, you know, use their imagination really for um, to see what's what's going on. But uh, one of the scenes that really scared me in the uh, original was when Nell goes all the way up to the to the top of the staircase, and then out of nowhere you see uh, Mrs. Markway. Oh, it's horrifying! Had, <laughs> yeah, it because it, it, she had disappeared. Um, from the nursery mm-hmm. and we, yeah we didn't get to talking about that because that's a big difference just having her there mm-hmm. um i forgot that uh both movies it, it takes you know um it's the course of a few days right mm-hmm. and i think in the remake you don't see the the dudleys again right and uh, i don't think you see them again in the uh, original either but I just kept on wondering. I was like, how did Mrs. Markway get in here? Because I thought the gates were locked. <laughs> and I, I forget that they unlock it. Well, they could unlock it in the daytime mm-hmm. um, by the Dudleys. But I think the biggest difference is in, in the original is Dr. Markway, he holds the key. Mm-hmm. Right? In the remake, it's the Dudleys that have the key. Um, so that makes it seem a little, a little bit more like, okay, yeah, they really can't get out unless it's daytime. Whereas in the original, it's like, well, you, you can almost leave at any time because Mark Wade's got the key. Um, and so he's basically the one who kind of makes the decisions. And so, yeah, when his wife showed up, I go, where, where, where did she come from and where is it going with this? Uh, so I thought she was going to die. And when she disappeared, I was like, well, that was kind of weird. But then you, when you see her again in, in the damn ceiling, I was just like, what, what the hell was that? It so, is a much more effective use of the red shirt, as I, I thought. Because, yeah, when she shows up in the original, I'm like, oh, they needed they need something bad to happen to somebody. And it's not going to be one of the main characters. Like, she's she's going to get it. Like, she's here to die, basically. And so I totally bought into it, the way they handled her character. Because, yeah, when she disappeared, I also t- was taken to the account um, the, the time that it was released. And so 1963, I'm like, well... You know, they're not going to have her show up and just get, like, you know, her head ripped off or anything. Um, or have it attacked by a lion statue <laughs> decapitated, like in the 1999 <laughs> version uh, for Luke. But, uh, so I just assumed she'd been killed off screen. I was just like, okay, that was just it. So, yeah, when she when she appears again, I, I thought it was one of the, you know, it. I'm not going to go as far as Scorsese did and say this is one of the five, you know, or ten scariest movies of all time. But that moment is scare. That one moment is scarier than anything in the 1999 version by far. I mean, it just oh, it got me. Um, I I don't think in, you know, I think the 99 uh, remake had some very mild, creepy scenes, but I, I was not scared whatsoever. Um, and you know, the 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 two scenes that really got me was all Grace Markway. Mm-hmm. You know, later on we see uh, Nell trying to leave. 
um, the the mansion, which is also a, a difference in the movie uh, mo- between the movies. And uh, so she's driving in the dark, um, you know, swerving, and you know you can't tell if she's just you know driving crazy or or did something take over the wheel, you know, because she can't. Um, it, it appears that she can't really control the car. And then out of nowhere, she has to dodge, you know, Grace Markway, who's like in the middle of the road or something. And that also scared me. So uh, really effective. Uh, it gave me the creeps. And um, I must admit, last night, because uh, we tried recording yesterday, and I just, it was really weird. Uh, for for the viewing of the first movie, the, the original, my, my uh, I watched it on my iPad. And uh, I think I text you, like, um, my, my iPad just kind of like it, it would stop. It stopped like three times. So I'm just like, well, what's going on here? And I text mm-hmm. you like, I'm having trouble watching this. It's kind of I mean, it's kind of spooky. Mm-hmm. And, and then after that, I think like two more times, it, it would stop like in the middle of playing. I'm just like, well, that's that's really interesting. Um, but I was able to finish it. Um, but yesterday, after finally finishing the movie again, the last half hour. Um, I was preparing to set up to record and I was like literally looking behind my, over my shoulders. <laughs> I was kind of looking at windows and I'm like, yeah, I should probably close the blinds. Uh, I was le- legitimately scared w- walking around my house uh, late last night, you know, walking around you know, looking for my earbuds, my microphone and all that. And just, just setting up. I was, I was, um, I was really scared. And it's it's all because of Grace Markway. Um, there was there was no characters uh, in the original that that did that for me. You know, not even Crane, who seemed to be the the, the main villain and the the biggest supernatural being in, in in the movie. Yeah, and I had a big issue with that. I just didn't. You know, as you said, I guess we can just say the 1999 version just shows way too much. They also tell way too much. You know, there's too many people just telling you the origin. Um, instead of showing you. So it's it's funny for a movie that wants to show you all sorts of really bad CGI, which maybe at the time was... Uh, it was probably one of its marketing points. It was like the special effects for 1999. But, um, you know, the, the, the origin of the house, the what they do with the Nell character really bothered me because that is what made the original so scary for me, that they made it more psychological horror about this one person uh, as you mentioned earlier at the top of the show, very psycho influence where they have like almost like the Lillian Crane sequence where she's like leaving uh, town. Like, you know, it's like it's she's talking to herself constantly. And when you have her turn her into an investigator and like a savior of the house, um, it's not that scary because the 1963 version, Nell, at least I got the idea that she just wanted to feel like a part of something and feel home like she wanted to find a place in the world because she was uh, she's a damaged individual going into the house and they turn her in the 1999 version into like a protector of these children these spirits who can't go to basically can't move on to like a heaven or like the next step in the afterlife yeah because they're stuck in purgatory and i just i don't find that I don't find that satisfying from a from a horror movie like perspective. It's just like you're, you're turning her. I wouldn't say not quite into like an action hero, 
but you removed some of the darker elements of the 1963 version, which is funny because I think most people, if you tell them, Hey, there's, you know, we're going to watch two scary movies and, you know, please subscribe to original remake because we're going to talk about a horror movie from 1963 and 1999. They're going to think like, well, the 1963 version, maybe it was good for its time, but it's probably not that scary now. But I mean, looking at these two, I would call the 1963 version, the only horror film among the two of them. And the 1999 is just more like a supernatural adventure. Like, I, I don't know. It doesn't ever, as you said, I just, not once was I ever scared. And at times it's just silly. It's just goofy. And I, I briefly mentioned the Owen Wilson decapitation scene, which is, it's more violence than you get in either film, but right. it just looks ridiculous. It's just, I don't know. Even when they go to those darker moments, it's just way too silly. And I really wish they had, they had stuck with the the sort of um, terror going on in Nell's head more like in the original, as opposed to making her this like heroic character. Yeah. It, it's really weird because it, um, it was PG 13 and the house on haunted Hill came out uh, the same year and that was rated R. I haven't seen that since it's um, since it's release, but I think even for PG 13, the, the remake could have, could have been a little bit more. I think it could have been a little bit more violent with the mm-hmm. decapitation. You know, like you said, it was kind of it was kind of silly. I mean, the only thing missing was a, boop, you know, when yeah. his head popped yeah. off. Um, but but Nell's character in the remake, yeah, I I think that it was the execution of it. It could it, it was an okay idea, but in comparison to the original, I would prefer the original, and I think they do it better. But if you want to take her and make her this you know, action hero, as you kind of put it, I, I think it needed to be executed a little bit better just because it seemed like she flipped too, way too easy, uh, easily when she finds out, you know, the, these kids, you know, they're talking to her through the statues because they want her to rescue them, you know, and she needs to stay there with their spirits and, um, she just got all this stuff way too quick, and I'm just like, well, where did you get this? Because the kids tell you, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's really, really muddled, and I, you know, just like you said, I was very unsatisfied with how that kind of ended. And I guess that's the only reason that they try to make her uh, connect with the, you know, with uh, Hugh Crane is making her like a descendant of his, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was also one of the silliest uh, lines and delivery that I've ever seen was when uh, when she's like talking to his spirit and calls him grandpa. <laughs> it was yeah. just, it was really it was really dumb. Um, yeah, I I don't know why do you think they made her relate, related to him? Was it to condense the, the storytelling? I, I I don't get it. I think they assume that modern audiences need to know how everything connects they need to know the why like why has this happened to this one individual and uh you know you mentioned that there's some criticism of the original for being incoherent at times and i even brought up myself that it's at least how the characters actually get there or why uh even watching it just yesterday it feels a little skimmed over but I, I'm I'm going to take that option over explaining every little thing. And like once you, you know, tell us why the house is evil, it it, it does lose some mystique, as you said earlier. And yeah, like the 
the original has this house. The characters even say, and she says that the house wants her. Well, it's like, we've seen that before in other horror movies, and that's a terrifying idea that this one dark place, basically like this one little pocket of hell wants to claim you and claim your soul. That's scary. But in the, the new version, that's, it claims her to be the hero, to be the savior of the house, and like to put an end to it. And I think that they assume modern audiences want everything sort of wrapped up in a nice, tidy package. That's like, okay, all right, she saved it, and there will no longer be hauntings at Hill House because she has ended Evil Crane, and his spirit is vanquished. And you know, in the in the older version, it's just like. You know, it, the house wins. The house, you know, it was born bad and it's going to stay bad. And I, I don't get that impression. It's it's interesting for this to be 1999, for them to be so concerned about connecting all the dots. Because the huge horror movie success and has had great impact to this day was uh, the Blair Witch Project. Which came out, I believe, like just a couple weeks later than this upon release. And that is a movie that avoids connecting the dots at all. Like, you know, they, they give you some mythology and some backstory, but they definitely don't set up, you know, the why and how those people like, you know, why is the, why are the woods, why is the witch doing that to these you know individuals? It, it doesn't matter. It's just, they're, they're in a terrible situation and now they have to deal with it. And I just, uh, I think horror especially just works better that way when there's some mystery left. Yeah. Um, well, Yes and no. I mean, Sixth Sense came out the same year, too, and that all wrapped up and everything connected in there. Uh, but I think another thing is we kind of keep going back to, like, execution. Um, and I feel that there were a lot of scenes that could have um, benefited from, uh, you know, like the, the scoring and, and sound effects and, like, like the jump scares. Uh, well, maybe not jump scares, but... I'm thinking like okay, in the remake, um, there's a bit of reveal that I felt was underplayed. Where Nell's like, you know, uh, she's she's talking to um, Doctor Morrow, which I'm not sure why they changed the name. Mm-hmm. Is Morrow more uh, Irish or something? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So Mark Way is, you know, there was one scene um, that they showed of. Um, uh, Dr. Markway in, in the original. It's towards the end when he's he's looking up at the house. He looked just like Tom Selleck. <laughs> I don't know if you got any anything of that. I'll, I'll try to screenshot that and send it to you. But I was like, hey, look, it looks like Tom Selleck. I did not, but um, I'm disappointed in myself now because I would have yeah. appreciated some Tom Selleck in it. Yeah, it, maybe that's what the, the the remake needed was Tom Selleck. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Liam Neeson's character, Dr. Morrow, um, there, there's a reveal where Nell says, Doctor, you know, wh- why did you call me and have me look up your ad? And that that's the difference uh, between the two as well. And he's like, well, I, I did, uh, Nell, I didn't call you, mm-hmm. you know, and that scene was just kind of underwhelming. I was just like, what? that could have been a lot creepier. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe I could have had goosebumps. Um, but in the original, he, he doesn't, he seek them out. Right. It, it's pretty clear. Uh, I, I remember. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're a lot more clear with, uh, how, you know, or at least that they were chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's no questioning there. So, yeah, it's just some things could have been done better, and it comes down to execution. I mean, 
the only other movies that uh, Jan de Bont has really done are you already mentioned Speed, but he also did the sequel to Speed and Twister, and then Laura Croft. So this is his only quote unquote horror movie, <laughs> uh, and it kind of shows. Like maybe he should have just stuck with <laughs> you know Twister. <laughs> maybe he should have done the sequel to Twister. That could have been better than this. <laughs> I can't imagine whatever Stephen King cooked up in his. His you know version of the haunting of Hill House that uh, it was worse than this. So I'm kind of amazed that DreamWorks and Spielberg had such creative differences with him. Um, which I, I was reading that he ended up uh, doing uh, was it Rose Red? He did like a miniseries. Um, he, he basically took all of his ideas for like a haunted house story and did that. And I think that was later made into a miniseries on ABC. Mm. Um, but you know, one thing we you know we have to do on this show, and I think we've already answered the question here, is we we get to the end and we we just kind of deliberate, you know, which to watch, you know, the original or the remake. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that difficult uh, with this particular episode. Um, I, I think we're both going to go with the original, uh, hands down. Um, but the the next question though is if you watch the remake. And you actually watched the remake first, back when this was released theatrically. Uh, do you get a good sense of why the original was successful and why the movie was remade? Yeah, I, I, I think they were... Um, I don't remember which one was, you know... Uh, the Haunting and The House on Haunted Hill both came out the same year. Um, it's it's just one of those things where there's always two movies that are very similar that you know that that are being made you know like uh, um, Armageddon and Deep Impact mm-hmm. you know uh, something like that and or uh, Sixth Sense and Stir of Echoes I just felt like they're like hey you know maybe House on a Haunted Hill is in production we should you know remake an old uh, horror movie as well and. You know, it's not a bad movie to choose to to remake because it was scary. It, it just I, I don't think they got the right director or the right writer, unfortunately. Um, you know, I, I agree that uh, you know that we choose the original over the remake. But um, when you, you know, the the question I thought you were going to ask was, you know, should we wait to see uh, Taken the Haunting to, to kind of <laughs> make our decision then? Because maybe that could have been better, you know, if Liam Neeson kind of kicked some ass as well. And I don't know. Um, well, I was, yeah, I was about to ask, you know, do you think that younger audiences, when they watch the nineteen ninety nine version, which at this point younger audiences probably would, wouldn't even go back that far, you know, to nineteen ninety nine to watch like a scary movie, um, especially one that's not well regarded, but. Are they gonna? What are they gonna make of the the original? Since it is the nineteen ninety nine version is so visual effects heavy, and the sixty three version just avoids that so much. Like it, 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 they are, you know, vastly different. Just even in style, even if they're telling a similar story. And obviously, I've I've knocked the remake for like deviating too far into the investigative side. Uh, but what do you think the audiences? that are just discovering this will make of, of those differences. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I can't see why um, the haunting as, as much as I enjoyed it, oh, or the, I'm sorry, the original, as much as I enjoyed the original, I can't see why anybody would kind of dig it back up to, to watch it because it's, um, it, 
I just don't think it's one of those go-tos, right? Like, I mean, growing up, I've never really heard from anybody like, oh, The Haunting. It was really scary. That That's yeah. something that you should watch. So I was really surprised. I was like, this not only is this movie good, but it scared me. Mm-hmm. I, why is this not talked about? I mean, this only came out like three years after the original Psycho. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to put it up there with Psycho. I, I don't think it's you know that well uh, directed, but it was still very effective in what it was trying to do. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely uh, recommend the original over the remake, but I just, I, I don't, I can't see anybody digging up these movies, you know, unless it's like, uh, at least hopefully we, uh, piqued some kind of interest, you know, through this, uh, uh, uh podcast. I mean, I, but, I, I disagree with you because I think now there's going to be an insanely popular movie podcast that will force them to dig up these older <laughs> movies. So yeah, that, that's all on us. Yeah, it um, a lot of weight on our shoulders there, and but but the the remake I was kind of thinking about it like I I don't know if Phoenix would um you know who's going on fifteen now I don't know if he would check this out and he he actually likes thrillers mm-hmm. uh, and and the remake is certainly not a thriller but we went and you know reviewed um, uh, the Frighteners you know which was ninety six ninety mm-hmm. yeah I think it was ninety six and that. Even that is scarier than the, the the remake of the haunting, and that's not even a scary movie. It's, but it's, know, it's, it's, a, it's creepy. Like a comedy it's a, thriller. <laughs> it's comedy thriller, and there's there's more scenes that that give me the creeps in uh, in Frighteners. Um, but I, I I think I can see him seeing like the cover box and it's like, oh hey Liam Neeson's in this, and you know that guy with the weird nose. Dad, is this uh, is this worth a watch? And I'd be like, hell no. But I don't, I don't, I don't think he would be like, yeah, I'm gonna check this out on my own. Uh, but with a lot of um, streaming uh, services and things of that nature, they always provide like a a, a rating on there as well. And uh, he he kind of takes a look at that, and that definitely kind of factors into him deciding whether he wants to watch something and 99 uh, haunting uh, i'm sure anywhere you pull it up, it's going to get a you know have a bad rating um i, I don't think i ever answered your question <laughs> um, <laughs> well you did bring up the um i guess it was gonna be my second question which will audiences now because it was a little strange for me to even accept liam neeson as someone who you know gets his butt whooped by like a, a fountain and a staircase uh, I, I think I'm so it's so ingrained in me now that he is going to like just physically just dominate uh, any challenges that come his way, uh, and so I, I kind of wondered uh, if your son Phoenix, uh, which you missed an opportunity there, which you need to take every time on the show to pimp out your other podcast. So I'm going to uh, give that to you now. But would Phoenix from Hydrate Level Four uh, would he uh, would he be able to accept Liam Neeson as not an action hero in this particular film? Well, I think he's only known Liam Neeson to be uh, uh, an action star just because, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier he was in uh, Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if Phoenix has seen the prequels, to be honest. I know he's seen the um, the original three. Um, he, he's probably caught some of it on TV, I'm sure. Um, but it, I was it was hard for me as well to kind of separate the action star Liam Neeson and, you know, and before obviously, because, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say it was unbelievable, but, but it wasn't, I mean, right. He was Raza Ghul in, in mm-hmm. Batman Begins and, and, um, uh, I'm sorry that Star Wars fans are going to hate me, but I forgot his uh, character's name on Phantom Menace. Qui-Gon Jinn. 
I'll pick you up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it sounded kind of kind of Asian. <laughs> well, it does. Um, Quan, I mean, I know it's spelled differently, but Quan, that's like Chinese. <laughs> um, and I'm Asian, so I can say that before you uh, tweet or email in because we'll, we'll probably get like a bunch of those. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm from Kentucky, it, so if I offended all you uh, Wikipedia uh, <laughs> experts on my mispronunciation of a Star Wars Jedi, I, I apologize. And that shows what kind of casual I am, because I, I, I mean, it makes sense, but I've never heard of Wikipedia. <laughs> so, um, so there you go. I'm a casual fan of that. Um, let me see the, the question. Yeah, I, I think I answered it. It, it, I, it was hard for me, so I, I think it would be hard for Phoenix too to kind of see. Liam Neeson kind of taking a step back. Um, obviously, he's never seen Nell and uh, High Spirits. Uh, he was not a badass whatsoever. Um, matter of fact, he's kind of rapey, actually, with Daryl Hannah, who's his <laughs> ghost wife uh, in, in that. It, well, I've never heard of this movie. but <laughs> High, High Spirits, he, it's got like Peter O'Toole in it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's Peter O'Toole. Isn't he the one from Supergirl? Oh, you know what? I Lord, actually... Lords of Arabia? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually almost bought this uh, just a week and a half ago because (laughs) it was – and it wasn't for this movie. Uh, I was having trouble finding uh, Vampire's Kiss uh, in stores. And so I got online and it's the DVD version uh, or it's maybe it's a Blu-ray. I can't remember. But one of them, it comes packaged. uh, The Nicolas Cage vampire movie, for whatever reason, comes packaged with this uh, PG 13 comedy horror film. Cause I just, I'm looking at the IMDb cover and I'm like, Oh, I recognize that box art. Uh, and having done vampire's kiss for a war machine versus war horse episode, which is my other podcast you can find on iTunes or stitcher, please rate review, follow at war machine horse. Um, that is not a family friendly horror film at all. So that, that's very weird that they're selling those two in one combined package. So I almost huh. own this Peter. That would have been strange. Uh, if but- I had just bought that. Really strange. Maybe um, Hugh Crane, you know, uh, <laughs> put put the movie out and you saw it because um, he knew I would talk about it. We don't need to investigate. That's not how I roll. I just leave and, it uh, up. Leave it to the the mystery of uh, Hill House. Well, and I, I'd like to think I'm a little bit more mentally uh, stable, so I, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't sought, sought that out either. Uh, but to to yeah to pimp the the other show, I do. Yeah, um, Mike, you mentioned it. Hydrate level four. I. Uh, I review movies with Phoenix, uh, usually the ones I grew up watching, and you know we give both um, perspective of you know our generation uh, on that. Which uh, you know, uh, again, at the time of this recording, I'm happy to announce that he will be returning very shortly. Uh, he got his grades up. Um, we're very proud, and we finally gave his TV back. <laughs> oh, nice. So we, yeah, so we just is. put that up. So yeah, we'll we'll probably do something uh, next weekend. Um, Can but, I make a suggestion? Uh, Suggestion? Yeah, for the because you have me interested. Not so much that I actually want to see the film, but would High Spirits fit with your sort of eighties theme show? To put it on it, there, it could. Um, uh, it, it, no, it absolutely would because I, I, I kind of grew up watching that. It, it wasn't one of my favorites. It, it's a, it's a weird one. Um, it, actually, yeah, may, maybe we'll give that a shot and, and kind of see. We'll see if he likes it or not, and if he doesn't, maybe we'll just do like a mini review rather than go in depth. Um. Yeah, that that'll be interesting. You, you're right because yeah, Liam Neeson. He's he, his character is, is uh, really different in there, <laughs> and Steve Gutenberg 
have we done a movie with him yet? Probably not. I know Short Circuit is on our list. You know, we haven't gotten there yet, but so at the very um, least, uh, you can look forward to a possible hydrate level four episode if you check out Peter's other podcast where he answers all of my questions about his son <laughs> and how he would view Liam Neeson in a non-action hero role. Yeah, yeah, that'll be very interesting. Uh, maybe it could be one that we watch and then we just kind of like briefly talk about before an actual review or something like that too. Because um, yeah, I. I remember it being really kooky and quirky and, uh, you know, everything that a Steve Gutenberg movie is. <laughs> um, but I, I guess one other thing to, uh, you know, wrap this uh, episode up. But uh, do you think that there's a – should somebody watch this, do you think watching it in any particular order might hurt one or the other? I suppose it could uh, just because I think the remake is so bad. It could hurt your, you know, viewing experience of the original if you come to it later. Uh, but as you said, since most of it comes down to execution as far as the the stylistic choices um, and some of the uses or misuses of the characters in the remake, I don't I don't really know because you know for the as much of a good time that as I had with the original, it's not a plot heavy movie. It's just sort of an exercise in horror. I mean, it's just, it, they just put you in like kind of scary scene after scary scene. And it just builds up in a sort of interesting way, um, in a very old fashioned way. So if the only thing I could see it harming is watching the new one. You may think that the older one seems boring in comparison just because there's less visual information on the screen like it's just not as busy uh i i found that very refreshing um now i did watch the original first but um in this instance i i think that it would be fine i i don't think it's gonna like you know the original has not got a big twist ending you mentioned six cents earlier or something so if six cents was ever remade yeah if you watch the remake it's probably gonna ruin <laughs> you know your fun your pleasure with the original but i, I don't think so um, I'm just afraid that if people watch the new one, which has a whopping 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, that they'll never get to the original, which has a 7.6. Like, I'm just afraid right. that they'll just never want to check it out, but I don't think it will spoil anything if you watch the 1999 one first. Yeah, I, I agree too, because again, there's a, a, I think enough differences, you know, that, uh, you can still enjoy the, the original, I would actually prefer, or I would actually pr- recommend watching. You know, if you're going to watch both, uh, watching the the remake first, because after enjoying that original, you're not going to sit well through the remake. How, how did you watch it? I, I, did we go over how you? I think you mentioned it. I kind of forgot already, though. How like uh, as far as my like? Because you said you watched them back to back. You watched the original first, and then, mm-hmm. and then the remake. Okay, yeah. yeah so so I did it in, in reverse, um, and so so yeah, I, I think I was able to enjoy the original that much more. So watching the remake second for you, were you dreading it? You were just like, oh god, just get over with. Uh, initially no, because I I remembered I I never saw it in theaters, but I remember when it was advertised that summer that there was a lot of emphasis on the visual effects. And so Mm -hmm. coming straight out of the original where 
there's not a lot of, you know, furniture moving or stuff being thrown at the characters. I was like, oh, well, that's going to be interesting since they decided to go so heavy on the visual effects and CGI. Like, it's going to be pretty different. So I was actually kind of excited to see them do something different with it. It just... As you said, the way it was actually executed, uh, I quickly realized I was not really, I was not going to enjoy it much longer. But uh, no, it was, um, I, I kind of like that as far as, especially doing for this show, uh, I'm interested to see what differences are brought to the table. And so, yeah, I was, I was enthusiastic about it. It just didn't last more than, you know, 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, it, this kind of, uh, this viewing kind of reminded me of what, uh, of, when I reviewed Psycho uh, on my show, you, mm. you came on to do the remake, which I watched first. And then the next episode, Phoenix and I, we did the um, the original. And, yeah, I was kind of watching the original, like, w- why did they even do a remake? Because it was shot by shot. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know we talked about some of the differences. Uh, now, this one has got a lot more differences, and it's not shot by shot. But, um, yeah, I just feel like watching the remake first – there's all these expectations that you're kind of um, looking, you know, you're, you're, there's certain scenes that are going through or that are happening and you're just like, okay, well, this is about to happen because, you know, I just saw the remake and mm-hmm. they don't do that. And they, they really play with you. Like I, I, I expected some kind of statue to move or something just because mm-hmm. God, it was so emphasized in, in the remake with all that C- CGI and, and I think that really creeped me out because I was really waiting for something to happen, and it just never did. Um, and yeah, I, I I think just because I was very underwhelmed with the remake, and then watching the uh, original afterwards, I was just like, okay, that's you know, it, it made it that much better for me. So what? Uh, you know, I don't I don't think you've mentioned it on this podcast, but you know, where can people find you know your other podcast pursuits? Where can they find you online? Uh, I just I've just have yet to hear about anything oh. any other podcasts you do. You're really pipping my show. I mean, I know you <laughs> you dropped yours, but I don't think you gave any ways of. Uh, oh, you're talking well, about War Machine I, versus Warhorse? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can find it on sign. Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, we appreciate reviews. Uh, it's a show where we take a it's a new release, so when Poltergeist comes out, we'll probably be doing, you know, haunted house remakes, including maybe even the 1999 version of The Haunting uh, versus a film that you referenced in this podcast, uh, the 1999 version of House on Haunted Hill, and kind of pair those off against each other. Uh, so yeah, new movie. Uh, then we are influenced by that to talk about too old. Find it on iTunes, Stitcher. Find us on Twitter at War Machine Horse. And on uh, followingfilms.com. Yeah, and just in case anybody was wondering, it, it's not War Machine from the Marvel films and nor War Horse from <laughs> the Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> the, the, you know what? They'll uh, they'll get that quickly, our feelings on uh, the Marvel <laughs> movies. Uh, and they'll probably be sadly disappointed. So, uh, But hopefully they stick around for all the uh, other movies we talk about. Yeah, um, Hydrate Level 4, obviously, Stitcher and, um, and iTunes, you know, you find us there. Uh, yeah, please rate and review. That way, uh, you know, we can uh, try to attract more listeners. Uh, but on social media, uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter at HLF Podcast. Um, you know, Facebook, you give us a like. I, I, uh, 
I, I like to think I'm pretty active on Facebook, and you can just type in Hydrate Level 4 and you'll find our page. Um, please like the page too, so that way you can get the updates. I, I always make a posting for, um, you know, the next movie to give chance, uh, you know, people to leave a comment on the thoughts of the movie or email in. And, um, you know, it's a good time, but when Phoenix is grounded, you know, I, I have guests come on, so, uh, the last four months I've had only guests, so that's, uh, kind of been interesting i'm going to give him a hard time about it too coming back and being gone for so long um i i I think i think that's it as far as social media uh you know i'm semi-active on on twitter i I think Um, your uh your instagram instagram game is uh, strong though you often usually say that so yes uh yeah the instagram i i post a lot of back to the future related fan art um but also on there i post uh you know Things to let you know that this is the most recent episode, and you know ways of uh, downloading that too. Um, yeah, the, the Instagram game is strong. Um, I'm running out of uh, Back to the Future art to post, though, so <laughs> <laughs> I need to start finding some more. Uh, but yeah, may, may, maybe I'll just start posting uh, like uh, other stuff uh, from movies that I've done before to uh, expand that a little bit. But Peter, where can people find this show that they've been listening to for the last? hour and 15 minutes where where's original remake online uh it's uh, it's on twitter uh you just type in at original remake uh we also have uh, a gmail uh it's original remake pod Does that sound right? yes <laughs> i think we yeah. i think even on our you know earliest recording our first one we went through this again i actually had to look it up <laughs> yeah i i think that's right uh and you know if you get you know the thing that returns the the mailer demon or whatever uh you can tweet at us and then we'll 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 look it up then to, yeah. to be cer- feel free you know, to to, be to yell at us uh if you because <laughs> if you actually do try to email us and uh we gave you the wrong address because I, I don't know about you, but I uh, I don't often get a lot of emails for our other podcasts. I usually just get people tweeting at me. That's where they go to uh, the, the first time. But, yeah, the, the poor people who actually try to email us and we're the idiots who keep giving out the wrong address to our own show. <laughs> but it's early yeah. on. It's early in, you know, this. I mean, we at the time of this recording, we've not actually released uh, an episode yet. So we'll get the hang of it. We'll get there. Yeah, it, I'm I'm pretty sure that's it. Uh, I mean, the the email that is uh, again the, the the Twitter is probably um, the easiest way to get a hold of us. Um, you know, and especially our uh, uh, respective um, Twitter handles for our shows as well. You know, this is a, a collaborative podcast, and uh, I, I think the the current listeners of the show are probably like you know our friends on Twitter. You know, that are other podcasters too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, starting out anyway, so by by the time we do learn the email, hopefully it'll, it'll be, you know, um, you know, listeners we don't know, so that'll be very exciting. Um, do we <laughs> yeah. have anything else? That's I think that's it, right? Just the you email can, and Twitter. Well, you can also find the uh, original remake on followingfilms dot com as well. That's uh, since this is a new show, there's not a huge catalog of back episodes that you have to find other sources. Every episode of original remake will be on followingfilms dot com along with. Uh, other podcasts yeah i I forgot that um that will be on there uh so i'll I'll need to learn that that site uh following (laughs) films.com right yeah yeah pretty simple okay hopefully we can you know recruit hydrate level four to like join us in that pursuit like hydrate level four is like a mercenary out there in the wilds right now uh (laughs) (laughs) 
why by its lonesome trying <laughs> yeah. to survive yeah <laughs> well it's just you know <laughs> we're just a ragtag group of podcasts so we're trying to yeah. recruit other shows that we like yeah yeah i'm sure we'll definitely talk about that offline um so i i, I guess uh until we next uh, drop the next episode um well i don't know how do we sign off <laughs> try to email us if not tweet us <laughs> That's a good sign off. Um, so until we talk again, uh, stay away from haunted houses. And yeah, we're definitely going to do that next time. <laughs> no more haunted houses movies until Halloween. I just moved in a new house today. Moving was hard, but I got squared away. It'll start a ringing and chain ran loud. You had moved in a haunted house. Still I made up my mind to stay Nothing was gonna drive me away When I see something that give me the creep Had a one big eye and a two big Maybe 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 that's how we uh, we end every episode is like uh, like a reference to the the movies that we just did. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, like I don't I don't know what we would have done for like The Departed. Um, next time you go into an elevator, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> that's very morbid, Peter. <laughs>